this is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. Good day, America. This is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? And I'm bringing you part two of this discussion on the difference in the political party platforms and why you, as an American citizen, should 100% care. And in fact, you should care so much that, quite frankly, if you don't know the difference in the political party platforms, well, for goodness sakes, do not go and vote. Because if you don't know the difference, you stand a 50% chance of rolling your dice for the wrong candidate, for the wrong political party platform, which could very well undermine your religious liberty, undermine your ability to prosper, undermine your ability to guide, nurture, and counsel your own children and protect your parental rights, uh, as well as you, you've got a 50% chance of then voting for someone who couldn't give a rat's you-know-what about your Second Amendment rights, your ability for, to, for your own self-defense and to protect your family. And so this is part two. I've already covered some of these issues. You know, when you look at all of them, I'm going to list these right now. Some of these we covered in part one, some I'll cover today. We don't have enough time to cover all of them. But uh, this is what I wanted you to consider. We look at sanctity of life and where does a political party stand on Second Amendment rights, your, your ability to self-protect, uh, redefining marriage, religious liberty versus the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, XYZ, PDQ agenda, the conscience rights uh, for healthcare workers uh, in the healthcare system. What about God and government? Boy, do I have some interesting news for you on that one. Uh, how about Supreme Court justices? What do they look for in the different political party platforms? Who are they uh, more likely to support and what kind of values that that Supreme Court judge may have? Sex education and then just public school education. Do they support private schooling or school choice? You know, that's a real important one. Uh, transgenders in the bathroom in schools, social experiments in the military, and then terrorism. Well, in part one, I covered a number of these. And in part two, I want to start off with the Second Amendment right. This is the right for, you know, it's your, your right uh, of, as an individual to keep and bear arms. It's a right which, you know, predates the Constitution. And, you know, the Second Amendment, we acknowledge and support and defend the law-abiding citizens uh, with their God-given right of self-defense. Well, I was just reading you words from the Republican Party platform. And if you notice what we're gearing up for, you know, in the 2020 election, the Democrats are completely hostile to, to the Second Amendment rights of American citizens. 
This is par for the course. Um, they want to and have quite a bit of history of, of pushing for gun control. And let me tell you something, as a mother and as a wife, with a house full of guns that are locked up safely and then hidden safely around the home for self-protection, should a burglar you know, suddenly enter, we could easily get our hands on a gun. And I think it's so imperative for Americans to stop buying into the lies of the radical Marxist left. This is a fundamental plank of socialism, Marxism, statism, totalitarianism, is they strip you of your right to have a gun. And they, they, they know they can never go all the way. Right in the beginning, it has to, you know, it has to start somewhere. So they, they start chiseling it away. I don't know, maybe it's with the AR-15s. Is that what they're called? Uh, but let's, I'm going to tell you a story. And a story that I hope every mother and father who you think guns are bad and that guns kill. No, guns save lives. Guns protect your wives. Guns protect the mothers of your children. Guns protect your children. So here's a story, a true story. And this is what happened to my girls and me. When they were about, I think they were about 9 and 12 years old, two girls, and I had let them stay home for a while while I ran out to the store, and I get a phone call from my girls, and they're whispering, and they're telling me that somebody is in the driveway. It's a truck, an unidentified truck, and two big burly men are getting out of the truck. And my children are scared to death, and they are locked in a bedroom, and they're asking, Mom, what do we do? What do we do? Well, their father, my husband, had trained them on how to use guns. So they had a pistol, and I believe it was the, the other gun was a shotgun, if I'm not mistaken. I can't quite remember. But bottom line, those guns were loaded. They were laying on the bed the guns, and my children had moved the dresser in front of the door, and now they were whispering, telling me that these two big burly men were walking alongside the house, which is right beside the bedroom, and now they were around the back of the house, and what they were doing, at least as far as my children's imagination, was they were jiggling the glass sliding door. So, of course, my children are thinking these two big burly men are about ready to break into the house. And I'm on the other end of the phone thinking they're, they are breaking into the house. And there was nothing that brought me more peace than two things. Prayer for my children. And then second, knowing that there is no way those two big burly men were going to hurt my children, at least without a fight. And that my children were protected because here they were, nine years old, they're nine or 10, and then the other one's three years older, so 13, whatever, 12, 13 years old. They were armed and they were safe. Uh, and and I had, it allowed me enough time to, to get home. Um, uh, so by the time I arrived home, the two big burly men, they had not broken into the house. And they were getting back into their truck. Well, come to find out, 
they were there to take a measurement of the glass sliding doors. At that time, we were just renting a house temporarily. And they had been sent there by the landlord, and they were representatives of either Home Depot or Lowe's. But again, unidentified truck. They were just subcontractors. So my point is, is that my children were safe. And those guns were not going to go off um, in an accidental kind of way. Uh, they had been trained and trained well by their father. Uh, they had instructions that if those men did break into that glass sliding door and if they came to the bedroom door, which of course was locked and the dresser was now in front of the door, but they were to blow a hole through the ceiling right above the, the, uh, the door. And if that's not enough to scare those two big burly men, had they broken in, well then there are other alternatives should the big burly men have broken into the bedroom. So that's my little story about how guns protect. You know, guns when they're in a safe in the house or guns that are up high and sitting maybe on a kitchen shelf, um, you know, in an undisclosed area, the guns do not go off by themselves. So mothers of America, you know, all you women out there and the men who have just fallen into the lines of the Democrat Party mantra that, you know, we need more and more and more gun control. It's no, we don't. No, what we need are law-abiding citizens to be uh, well-armed so that we can defend ourselves against the bad guys. Taking the guns away from law-abiding citizens, what good does that do? All you've done then is disarm the public. You know, disarm so you cannot be, you can't protect yourself. And that's a God-given right, the right to be able to protect and defend yourself from harm. And that is well written into the Republican Party platform. And the Democrat Party platform as far as I'm concerned, is completely the opposite. But the most important thing is to just look. Look, look, at, what the, look at what the candidates stand for. Okay? It's right. It's so obvious. So anytime there's a school shooting or a church shooting, I just want you to, to think, just slow down a little bit. What if, you know, 20 people in that church congregation had a small pistol strapped to their ankle. So when some nut job comes in to the mosque, to the church, to the synagogue, well, instead of everybody sitting there like sitting ducks waiting to be shot, maybe 10 men or five men, five women have pistols strapped to their ankles and there, there would not be near the amount of bloodshed if people are armed and they can protect themselves. All right, think about your children and how awesome that would be. Is if every child across America actually learned how to uh, target shoot and, and the proper handling of a gun. You know, there are all sorts of courses that can be taken and, and uh, you can go into to, uh, shooting ranges. We actually have one on our property and it's, you know, a numerous times particularly my youngest child, has been out there target shooting with her dad and became quite proficient. So anyway, it's just food for thought um, by all the guns. The people who will be left with the guns will be the state and the bad guys. And all of us law-abiding citizens 
we'll be left in a position where we have nothing to defend ourselves. And it is a, it's a fundamental plank of a totalitarian state, a government, to take away your right to bear arms to protect yourself. You look at any communist country or any you know, radically socialist country, you look in England, for the most part, their guns have been taken away. Those people can't protect themselves. It's incredible. But the bad guys have the, have the arms. So anyway, food for thought, America. Okay, because 2020 is coming up. And you need to know the difference in the political party platforms. Know the difference. And then you, particularly like with the Second Amendment, right? You know, that's one I would say, just go and look at what they're doing. Look at what they support. And then be smart because guns do not go off all by themselves. They don't. It takes somebody pulling the trigger. All right. And then, well, what about some of these others? I want to talk about um, conscience rights in healthcare. Conscience rights in healthcare. What do we mean by that? Well, so in terms of the Democrat Party platform on conscience rights in healthcare, they support the coercive health and human services contraception mandate against faith-based groups like Little Sisters of the Poor. So what am I talking about here? You know, it, it should be the right. It's a God-given right for me, you, to maintain your beliefs, and no government should force you into doing things against your conscience. So if, if, if you believe that, uh, use the example of the birth control pill, that's, that, that technically is an abortifacient, Okay, because the baby uh, is already formed. You already have an embryo, and it's just looking for a place to implant. Okay, and the Democrat Party platform, they want to mandate, you know, like a business plan has to, has to offer this type of contraception. Well, that goes against many people's conscience. Well, how about a pharmacist who's, say, a Christian, and they do not want to have to, they don't want to be forced into uh, distributing to a customer the morning after pill. You know, they believe that's, our, that's, our, that's a human life already in existence. And they don't want to partake in the killing of human life. So under the Democrat Party platform, they, they support, the, they, do, they do not support, you know, this freedom of conscience when you're working in the healthcare system. The Republican Party platform, it's just the opposite. They do support, you know, conscience rights uh, for, you know, nurses, pharmacists, doctors, and these healthcare plans. Uh, that The people who do not want to participate in what they believe is morally objectionable, you know, services. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, because somebody can go down the road and get the birth control pill from somebody else, you know, or, or get a different pharmacist right there in the same facility. But no individual worker, employee, should be forced to partake in something that violates their conscience, okay? But a coercive government, big government, that controls you, okay? But, you know, the law's on their side. They can force you. Or you get sued. You lose your job. All right? So this is conscience rights in healthcare. That's so, so vitally important. 
The other thing the Democrat Party platform supports regarding this conscience rights is it supports the redefinition of sex discrimination. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is they consider abortion, if, 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 if abortion was illegal, they would consider that sex discrimination against women. And they also support uh, the redefinition of uh, what, you know, supporting sex changes, the operations. And if, if a healthcare plan doesn't advocate that, well, um, they consider that a violation. Well, that's not the same in the Republican Party platform. And so the Republican Party platform, I've, I've already talked about that before, does not support uh, abortion. And by all means, this is not looked at as sex discrimination. Because I want you to remember something that how is killing half a million baby girls every year via legalized abortion, you know, decriminalized abortion, how is that women's health care? Think about that. How is killing half a million baby girls considered women's health care? And yet the Democrat Party platform pretends that, oh, if abortion's not legal, if you're not supporting abortion, that's sex discrimination. But yet, it kills half a million baby girls every year. All right, you're on What If We've Been Wrong. I'm Terry Beatley, and I really, really want you to get the America Out Loud talk radio app. Okay, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, great programming, and I want you to stay tuned. I'll be right back. It's your news and entertainment network. News blogs, informative podcasts, entertaining videos, or listen to 24-7 Talk Radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We the people, AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. back with Terry Beatley and I'm talking today about the difference in political party platforms. This is part two. I've already done a full show on I think four or five of the differences and I'm picking up on a few more. So I just finished talking about Second Amendment rights as well as conscience rights for healthcare workers. Now in this segment I want to talk about God and government. I find this absolutely fascinating. How hard core atheist left the Democrat Party is. You read their platform, they're silent. They are silent about God and government. Silence. Except when it came to vote on this issue at the Democrat Party 2012, 2012 convention. And you can Google this. Go onto YouTube and just type in the words 2012 uh, DNC, Democrat National Convention, God in Government. And you'll see a couple different videos that pop up. So this, I want to tell the story first, and then I'll explain the difference between the Republican Party platform and then, I've already told you about the Democrat, they're silent until it came to vote. So what it was, was a Methodist minister, uh, a Mr. Pastor Strickland, he served on a uh, on a committee for the Democrat Party 
where they would uh, consider different, oh, I'm forgetting the word, uh, amendments, I guess you'd say, to the Democrat Party platform. And what he wanted to do was a good thing. He wanted to, uh, for the Democrat Party to recognize our that God has been central to American history, that God is part of the American story. God is part of the United States of America. Because you know, I want you to keep in mind that the only reason America made more advances in 200 years than the world had made in 4,000 years is because America, the founding, I'm talking about when the Mayflower came over, everything focused around God. And I'm talking about God of the Bible, okay? The B-I-B-L-E, God of the Bible. And he, and this, this minister, by the way, also wanted the Democrat Party platform to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And so he made a move that the Democrat Party would adopt uh, this change. Well, you can watch this. It's on YouTube video. So the, the main guy who's managing the, this convention and the roll call, the vote, it's, a, it's, a, it's an oral vote. So at the video I was watching at at minute one at one minute and thirty three seconds, and I should have written down which one I was looking at. But anyway, about a minute thirty three seconds into it, the 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 main guy has to cast the vote again because it blew his mind that they had almost fifty percent of the people, you know, hollering out yes, you know, yay, that they want to support this amendment recognizing God as part of the American story and Jerusalem as the capital. But then when he took the nay votes, it was the same amount of you know, oral voting, you know, uh, the audible sound. And he thought, oh, well, maybe the people got mixed up. So he says, wait a minute, let, let's do this a second time. Then he explains it because he, I think he was honestly thinking that the people had gotten mixed up, you know, because surely the Democrat Party would recognize that God is part of the United States of America's story. I mean, it's all over the place. It's in all, you know, so many of the founding documents uh, and, and in the historical writing. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. But without question, if you know American history, God is part of our story. So he takes the second vote. And in the video I was watching, that's at a minute 49 seconds. And this time, it's the same thing. And actually, I think the other side, sound, the, the nay side sounded even slightly louder. And then he's now quite befuddled. And he says, he's explaining that this is a two-thirds Two-thirds of the people have to vote you know, for this amendment. And so he does it a third time at minute 221. And he's asking for this oral vote one more time. And I'm telling you, it sounds about equal. Um, now, on the, on the good side, he's, he, he passes it. He's like, he says something to the effect of, okay, two-thirds voted in the affirmative. And so they voted... In. I don't know where they stand today, and I should have looked that up. But as far as 2012, they voted in, got into the platform. However, 
it was not two-thirds. He had half of those people in there booing at him. So you really need to look at this. And you can see how atheist, how it was almost demonic. And, and there were many, many people who look like they're from, well, I won't even say. But I will tell you this, that they are people who would not want the God of the Bible recognized in any political party platform. All right. Uh, just go look at the video. It speaks for itself. Now, the Republican Party platform uh, regarding God and government. So it says something to the equivalent of this. If God given natural inalienable rights come in conflict with government, court, or human granted rights, the God given natural unalienable rights will always prevail. Okay, so the God-given rights always prevail over the man-given rights, okay? And they also support, they, the Republican Party platform, it supports the public display of the Ten Commandments as a reflection of our history and our country's Judeo-Christian heritage. You know, the Ten Commandments have been with us since the Mayflower landed. Okay, the Ten Commandments, you know, those Ten Commandments that teach do not lie, you know, bear false witness, do not, uh, do not murder, do not honor any other gods before me, you know, the God of the Bible. And... Anyway, so these have always been part of our history. They're part of our court system. You know, the, the, our, our value system in America is a Judeo-Christian value system. And this is a point I really wanted to make, is that, you know, God is referenced, I think it's at least six times, maybe seven, in the Declaration of Independence. Okay? God, and that's God of the Bible. And the Declaration of Independence is our, it's like, um, it's our foundation. You think of a building, you can't just go build a building, you have to first have a foundation. Well, that foundation that the Constitution sits on is the Declaration of Independence. And the Declaration of Independence sets out the value system for which America must operate. It's made very, very clear that this is not our country is not based on an atheist value system, if you will, if there is such a thing. Okay, it's made so very clear. And that's a good thing because that's what protects women and children and families. Okay, and your right to self de for self-defense. Okay, and the list goes on and on and on. In fact, when the when Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence and then years later with the Constitution when that was written, it was dated back to the founding of our country, so that it's dated the Constitution is dated back to in the year of our Lord, seventeen seventy six. So the two documents, the foundation, which is the Declaration, and then the building, which is the Constitution, um, you can't separate them. They are tied together. So we are not based on, and you don't have to make apologies for this either. 
I'm serious. You do not have to make apologies that America is not based on Sharia law. Sorry, if you want Sharia law, you've got to go to a different country because it's not going to happen here, okay? Now, if the Democrat Party platform, which remains silent on God and government, because they're trying to placate their base, their base of atheists, their base of Muslims, their base of anybody who doesn't adhere to a Judeo-Christian value system. Okay, and the main thing, and this is not saying that you have to be a Christian, um, you know, or, or, you know, a Jewish person. Nobody's saying that. But, but what they are recognizing is, that, is that, our, that our rights come from God. And as soon as you begin thinking that, oh, no, your rights come from government, you might as well tie a noose around your neck. Okay? Because as soon as you go down that path that your rights come from government, you have no rights. Everything's been abrogated. You know, our rights come from God. And as soon as man-made laws... Uh, interfere or intersect with God-given rights, well, the God-given rights will always prevail over man-made law. This is why the Roe v. Wade decision is so heinous. You know, it's the worst jurisprudence decision in the history of America, even beyond the Dred Scott decision, you know, which said that black people are not you know, they're not going to have freedom, that they don't recognize them as human beings, that they will remain slaves and they will have no rights in America. Was it possible that the Supreme Court got that wrong? Or you think we need to go back to the days of slavery? Well, of course not. Of course the Supreme Court got it wrong. They're not infallible. You know, it's made up of a bunch of men and some women, human beings. And so they, there's a whole backstory to the how Roe v. Wade got so that decision uh, became, you know, such a joke, you know, a terrible, terrible decision, which has cost the lives of over 60 million American babies. You know, about 36 percent of those are black children. You know, because Planned Parenthood facilities have been put in minority neighborhoods. And this has been pushed into the minority communities. It's just an extension of the Democrat Party platform, which supported slavery. And the Democrat Party, that was the, the KKK, was part of the Democrat Party. And you, you can't separate this if you know history. A great movie to go watch if you're trying to understand the, the difference between these two political party platforms is go watch, um, I guess it's called Hillary's America. Hillary's America. So, so the beat goes on, you know, so so many people get wrapped up into what mainstream media and the, the liberal left social media, you know, everything's controlled for the most part by uh, very, I don't even like using the words liberal progressive because progressive, progressive is another code word for socialism, communism, or really communism. And so I think it's important. Let's call a spade a spade. And so the, the, the Democrat Party platform on God and government, they're silent. They're silent other than when they literally take a vote 
of their own people, of the Democrats who take a week and go to the Democrat National Convention. You know, they're there for three, four, five days. And their own leadership denied them a fair vote. You know, when you go back and you watch that video, it was more like 50-50. They, quite frankly, should have done it in a written vote where the votes could be counted because the oral vote was just so close. And so it looked like to me, you know, almost 50% of the Democrats, I mean, we're talking about these are, this is the core. This is the base of the Democrat Party. Okay. They do not want God in government. They do not want Jerusalem being recognized as the capital of Israel. They don't want it. They still don't want it today. So wake up, America. Wake up. All right, and then lastly is the appointment of judges. The appointment of judges. So with the Democrat Party platform, I mean, they're very much, they, they will appoint, you know, judges who protect women's right to abortion, what they consider a woman's right to an abortion, uh, and a very progressive, i.e. communist sort of agenda of equality for all. And so let me explain this. If the Democrats get their way long term, you will have you you know pastors, churches, you know Christian churches, uh, maybe youth pastors. If 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 someone has a propensity for uh, pedophilia, you know the day's coming when that will be normalized, and you will not be able a, a pastor will not be able to not hire someone because they have the inclination for pedophilia. How does that sit well with you? Because under the Democrat Party platform, then we would be discriminating against that person who has the inclination for such a thing. Okay, we can't discriminate, even though they're going to be working with children, but that would be so, so unfair. This is equality for all. Okay? Um, just watch the Boy Scouts of America absolutely implode. They will be bankrupt because they've invited such wickedness and evil uh, into that organization. But sadly, the Democrat Party platform, they're going to be pushing this far and wide. And they, are, they already are. Look at, look at the bills now. So equality for all. Let's take the example of, oh, the high schooler who who he's biologically a male. But all of a sudden, hey, he wants to be a female because, you know, he's a wrestler. You know, real life stories, people. Real life stories here all over America. Just Google it. You know, a wrestler who wants to now be a female wrestler to go compete in the female league. Or it doesn't matter. Pick, um, uh, you know, cross country, you know, running, racing, doesn't matter. Pick whatever field. The men are now pretending to be women, and now they're beating the women, young women who've spent years trying to become top athletes in their field, and they're getting they're getting tarred out there by the young men who are now pretending to be women. Oh, but there's no way to fight it because it's equality for all. Even though God says he makes man and woman. Okay? That doesn't mean they're a small percentage of people who have, you know, you know psychological issues. Uh, 
but I, I think it's important though to understand the way you know, because 81 percent if not a little bit higher of the of the politicians will vote for bills in favor of their political party platform well the democrat party platform has gone over the top in support for this equality for all and a woman's right to abortion, even though that, quote, right, kills half a million baby girls every year. Human beings ripped to shreds. The Republican Party platform, they say, well, as far as they're concerned about appointing judges, they support the appointment of judges who respect traditional family values as they've been for 400 years in America and the sanctity of all innocent human life. And they seek to enable courts to reverse the long-held activist decisions of Roe v. Wade and Oberfell. These were activist uh, decisions made in the courts. Okay, The courts were used legislatively, which is wrong. Okay, All right, so we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. And remember to download the app, the talk radio app. Hey, we're on 24-7. And it's a fantastic lineup. And right after my show is Ray Brookstein. All right, with the Trump Chronicles. You don't want to miss it. So you know where to be from 1 to 3 on America Out Loud. I'll be right back. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. The question I always get asked is, where do I get the energy from? Well, keeping up with Malcolm Out Loud is no easy task, friends, even for Malcolm. Well, you may know that I've personally been taking Healthy Cell for some time now. Well, the great news is Healthy Cell has a new type of natural supplement called the Nutrition Gel. So no more hard-to-swallow pills. Uh, The good-tasting gel can be mixed into smoothies, yogurt, or water. These gels provide maximum absorption of essential nutrients, and it's healthy for our gut, not abrasive like pills can be. You know, it's time for all of us to go pill-free. And you can try it with a free two-day supply. Just cover $2.95 shipping, and the company Healthy Cell will cover the cost of the product. Go to HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud, or simply click the Healthy Cell logo at the top of AmericaOutloud.com. up this discussion about political party platforms and as a reminder you know at least 81% of the time our elected officials will vote for bills 
that advance their political party platform. And I know I've said that more than once, but it's such an important number to remember. That's minimum, 81% of the time on average. The Republicans, it's much higher. The Democrats, it's much lower. When you average it out, it's somewhere in the 81, 82, 83% of the time. So it's the leading indicator which direction our country will go is based on what do the political parties desire? What's going to be the basis of their policy making? You know, what's their worldview, if you will? Now, speaking of worldview, uh, I want to swing back to one of these, the issue about God in government. I think George Washington has one heck of a fantastic quote uh, from when he uh, delivered his farewell address uh, when he was stepping down you know, from his term of presidency. It was very lengthy. It's worth reading the entire document, his farewell address. Uh, but the paragraph to me that stands out that just speaks volumes, this, and I used to have this memorized, I'm actually going to read it, okay, because I want to get it, uh, I, I want to get it right. Uh, but this is what he wrote. Of all the habits and dispositions which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And I'm going to pick this thing apart, okay? But I'm going to read the whole thing first. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. The mere politician, equally with the pious man, ought to respect and to cherish them. Talking about the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion, and morality. Okay, so George Washington is saying, you know, the pious man, you know, the religious man, and the politician ought to respect and to cherish them. A volume could not trace all their connections with private and public felicity. Let it simply be asked, where's the security for property, for reputation, for life? If the sense of religious obligation desert the oaths, which are the instruments of investigation in courts of justice, and let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of particular structure, reason, and experience, both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. Wow, that's just one paragraph of this lengthy farewell address of our president, George Washington, warning us. So I, so I know there was a lot of words and some big words in there, but I want to pick this thing apart. But I encourage you, you can go look this up for yourself. I happen to have avalon.yale.law.yale.edu, no, 18th century, Washington. Anyway, it comes from his farewell address. Just go to a reliable source. So he's saying, of all the dispositions and habits which will lead to political prosperity, he was not talking about Democrat versus Republican. They had just won the Revolutionary War just a few years earlier. They knew what, what, what it was like to be controlled by a tyranny, 
by a government that's out of control. And they had to fight to their death and to give up everything. They had to lay everything on their line, on the line. Their life, their liberty, uh, their uh, prosperity. You know, the signers of the Declaration gave up everything for our liberty today. And what do we have? Two political parties um, that both have their faults, but that, that today, though, are diametrically opposed based on those political party platforms. Okay, so of all the habits and dispositions which lead to political prosperity, I'm talking about freedom. Because when you get, when, and so we have this constitution that, that teeters, uh, you know, on one hand, you would have um, statism, total control, okay, tyranny. On the other, on the other end of the spectrum, you have complete, um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, where there's no government, there are no laws, uh, it's complete chaos. Uh, and, and so this thing teeters. Okay, it's teetering on this precious thing we call the Constitution. But he says that religion and morality are the indispensable supports. Religion, and he was talking about God, the God of the Bible, because that is indeed what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are tied to. Okay, God, but it's not just any old God with a little G, and it's not God of the Quran, uh, okay, it's God of the Bible, you know, then we don't have enough time to talk about all that, but it's, that's what he was referring to, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism, but then he, he, uh, he labors to subvert, you know, he works toward subverting these great pillars of human happiness, religion and morality. Look at us. So I want you today, to go look up the Democrat Party platform and compare that to the Republican Party platform. Go back and look at that 2012 video of the Democrat Party voting on whether or not they want the God of the Bible referenced in their political party platform. You know, as far as I'm concerned, more than 50% of the people voted no. But at least 50% voted no. They don't want God referenced in the Bible. Okay? They, they want to do away with this. Well, here's George Washington, you know, a couple centuries earlier, warning that, hey, you guys, hey, you future Americans, if you think you're going to keep liberty, political prosperity, okay, now again, we're not talking about political parties here. We're talking about tyranny. If you want to be free of tyranny and statism and total control by government figures, uh, you need religion. You need your Christian Judeo heritage. Because that and the Bible, because that's the only place you're going to find out well what's wrong and what's right, what's true, what's good, what's good, beautiful, and true. And it's the only way that the politicians can be kept accountable. So he goes on in this paragraph and he says, "Hey, if the sense of religious obligation desert the oaths which are the instruments of investigation in courts of justice, meaning." In the court of law, when that person has to hold up his hand and say, you know, or put, put the hand on the Bible and say, I swear to God, I'm telling the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. But if swearing to God doesn't mean jack to that person, guess what? Just what George Washington said. If the sense of religious obligation desert the oaths, which are the instruments of investigation in courts of justice, 
Yeah, we have no security for property, for our reputation, or for our life. Now let's pick that apart. We have no security for we have no security for our own property. If there's no respect for your personal property, I can go and steal from you. Okay, which is something as far as I'm concerned, the Democrat Party is really, really good at. You know, continuing to steal our hard-earned money and put and, and use it in the form of mandatory uh, taxes. Okay, but take other ways. How about Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax? Okay, she wants to tax my property. You know, I've worked my tail off to accumulate what we do have, and now she wants to tax me. That's okay. That's stealing. Never mind just somebody who come in and burglarizes your home. But let's say that happens. And then that person ends up in court because he gets caught. And he holds his hand up and he says, I swear to God to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, but the whole truth. But God doesn't mean anything. He doesn't care because he doesn't even believe. That's what George Washington was saying. And this, my friends, is why the Word of God was taught even in the schools as they were back then. It was to teach young people. It was to make sure, you know, mandatory education was to make sure the children could read. So then they, when they were old enough, they could read the Word of God and know, um, uh, well, I, before we had our complete liberty, it was to know whether or not the king was demanding something of them that doesn't violate the Word of God. Okay? Oh, man, this just makes my blood boil sometimes because of how far we've how far we've we've lost our way. Now the other thing George Washington warned about, he says, hey, if we lose our sense of religious obligation, that there is a God, and we're accountable to God, and we're gonna stand before God one day and give account. And he said, Where's the security for your reputation? Look what they're trying to do to President Trump, okay? They tried to make it look like, you know, he was all tied with Russia, right? And tried to um, uh, uh, manage the outcome of the election. The whole thing was based on lies and people who so desire power, the deep state. And they try to tarnish his reputation. Well, here's my prediction. He's going to come out of this Ukraine thing smelling just fine. That's my prediction. Because the whole thing is based on lies. Because they don't care as long as they can get their power. And then lastly, he says, let it simply be asked, where's the security for your life itself? If somebody doesn't believe in God, they're not accountable, okay? That's one reason why half of these politicians, they could care less about slaughtering babies in the womb that literally arms, legs are being ripped off, human torsos, and their brains sucked out and their heads collapsed, you know, with the equivalent of scalpels and, um, or, or wrenches, whatever you call that thing, uh, forceps. They don't care. They don't care that baby body parts are being sold to big pharma and research companies. Hey, this has been known for 30 years. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter. So here's the biggest indicator. If a politician is not willing to defend the life of a baby in the womb, do you really naively think that that politician would be willing to protect your life in some other way? 
So the best way to look at, one of the best ways to look at and consider candidates is where do they stand on the life issue? Because if they're not willing to secure life in the womb, for God's sake, what makes you think they'd be willing to protect life in any other way? Look at them now, fighting to see who can be the most uh, uh, aggressive in euthanasia. So now, grandma and granddad who are in a nursing home, you know, in these states that have now embraced euthanasia, well, guess what? That's not the Republican Party, by the way. The Republican Party platform, you would rarely find a Republican voting for euthanasia. And if you're not up on this stuff, go and study these other countries, I believe like Denmark, over in uh, Europe that have fully embraced euthanasia. <laughs> it's not even left up to you, the relative, anymore. The doctors make the decision. And that is indeed what we have now, in essence, and it'll only get worse uh, with uh, government-mandated health care. The more you turn over to government, the more you've lost control. And if 81 to 83% of the time, the elected officials, see if you can fill in the blanks, because I've said it a lot, if the 81 to 83% of the time, the elected officials will vote for bills that advance their political platform, then you better know the differences in the political party platform. Just go and study that. Don't get wrapped around the axle right now. You know, we're so many months away from like even the presidential election. Don't get wrapped around the axle right now about, you know, oh, who's for this, who's for that. I mean, right now, currently the Democrats, I think they have like 10 people in the running. And the Republicans, looks like to me, the, all the primaries, you know, nobody's gonna primary Donald Trump. So you got Trump and you've got whatever, eight to 10 Democrats. Study the platforms for Christ's sake. Study the platforms for your grandchildren's sake. Who do you want to have control over your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren? Do you want it to be your favorite politician that has the right letter behind his or her name? Or do you want it to be somebody who recognizes that, that your children are precious and it's, it's your obligation and it's your right to guide your children, to counsel your children, to protect your children, that you make the decision what's in the best interest of your child? Or would you rather have some politician just because he has your favorite letter behind his name? Or because you naively thought that, oh, well, I'm a Democrat, so if I'm a Democrat, I've got to vote Democrat. Or for, you know, flip it the other way, Republican. Know what they stand for. A few years back, I was neck deep in an, in an election campaigning. And I remember meeting people, and but one particular man actually stood out. He was an African-American man. And he said, Terry, I so thank you for what you have taught me. He said, I literally thought until I met you, 
He said, we're, we, we are raised up to believe in this. So I'm quoting him, okay? I, I was raised up to believe that I'm basically born into the Republic, I'm into, into the Democrat Party. He said, I was taught, but he actually said we, you know, but I'm going to put it in first person. I was taught to always vote Democrat and never get involved in politics. We must stop. Everything is online. Everything we hold precious and dear. Young women of America, learn the truth behind the abortion industry. You've been lied to up one side and down the other. You know, and the list goes on and on. So do I make apologies for my passion on this topic? I don't. I don't even know how I'm coming across <laughs> on this microphone. I'm so passionate about it because there's so many duped people. We've been dumbed down and we have to stop. And be, because in our hearts, we all want the same thing. We want our families. We want liberty. We want prosperity. We want safe communities. And we had better wake up or it's all going to be gone. I'll see you next time back on What If We've Been Wrong. God love you, and let's go save America.